good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Two hundred forty-nine of Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, lots of to talk about this week. None of it great. Most of it terrible. So let's just fucking jump into it. Uh, we have the regular crew here. MJ, how are you doing? Oh. I I finally got my first good night of rest in probably four days, so I'm happy. That's good. Uh, Jess, how are you doing? You're muted, Jess. I am muted. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, we had to push it uh, an extra day this week, uh, you know, for reasons. So we're not going to talk about those because it's none of your fucking business. Uh, people listen to this podcast. So, uh, but let's talk about what happened um, this week with Minnesota United. We'll start with the match on Saturday against Inter Miami. Uh, we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about this match. Minnesota scores a goal. Luis Maria gets one in the 65th minute uh, off of a ping-ponging ball that he finishes, which is great. And then um, any, any MJ, I know you you were only sort of catching up on the replays of this game. Jeff, yeah, no, I don't know if you caught this game. Yeah. Nothing to add. I'll just, uh, other I'll than just, happy for Amaria. Yeah, he scored a goal. Um I will just throw out there then uh, Brent Coleman comes in for Luis Amaria six minutes late in the 71st minute. Uh, Bongi comes in for uh, Almond Cream in the 71st minute as well. Jacory Hayes also comes in for Joseph Rosales in the 71st minute, who uh, apparently took a knock in this game. Uh, Jacory Hayes immediately gets a, a yellow card uh, in the 71st minute, which is fucking brilliant. It's really hard to do that when you just come into the game to get a yellow card before 60 seconds is over, but good for them. On in the 80, yeah, in the 83rd minute, uh, Indiana Vasilev comes in for Ariel Lassiter, the Costa Rican international. Uh, Indiana Vasilev is a, a U.S. international. Uh, we call the dog Indy. Uh, if you are familiar with the uh, Indiana Jones trilogy, quadrology at all. Um, Anyways, he's, he's, he's on loan from, uh, I think, Aston Villa, actually. But he comes in the eighth minute. He scores in the 87th minute uh, from a, a brilliant pass from Bryce Duke. And then scores again in the 90th minute uh, to give Inter Miami a 2-1 to one victory. Over Wait, it was the Minnesota. same fucker? Yeah, same guy. It was the same fucker. But <clears> like, <throat> hey, somebody watched that guy. He just scored a fucking goal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, you, <laughs> if you've never, if you've never uh, seen the movie... Uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Sean Connery has a really great line where he says, "We called the dog Indiana," 
and Harrison Ford's, uh, whose whose actual name is is Henry Jones Jr. Um, uh, if you want to watch uh, Indiana Jones, it's on Paramount Plus. I highly recommend checking it out. Because you know, I also really- highly recommend the Lego Indiana Jones game. Two thumbs way way up. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah. So Indiana Vasilev uh, scores twice to beat us in the in within three minutes. Um, within four minutes of coming on the pitch, uh, he scores his first goal. So, anyways, we don't need to talk. I mean, I that's I watched this game. I was fucking frustrated watching this game, um, mostly because the team just looked terrible again, as they as they are wont to do um, for most of the game. Um, Amaria gets a gets a, a junker of a goal, but listen, we haven't scored many goals like that this year. So, fuck yeah, all right, we got this. And then immediately, almost immediately, Heath decides to bunker in a five-four-one, which clearly has never worked for Minnesota United, or works very very rarely. But he, that's what he decided to do. He decided to bunker in a five-four-one and. Um, just got eaten apart by Inter Miami. Inter Miami grew into the game. Um, fucking Phil Neville, man. I, I, I don't want to give that guy any props whatsoever, but um, he's way fucking better than Adrian Heath when it comes to managing a soccer team. So there is that. So, anyways, any anything else from the from the Minnesota United match? Um, We've so we've there's two teams that we've never beaten in MLS. Uh, one is New England Revolution, we played last week or two weeks ago, and then the other one is Inter Miami, who we had only ever played this one time. So we have two teams we've never beaten in MLS. Uh, we've lost to both of them in the span of two weeks. So, uh, good on us, good on Minnesota. I, I'm going to warn everybody who's listening to this podcast that on Twitter there might be a MJ stupid poll coming out on which loss you find most offensive. (laughs) The the home loss against FC Cincinnati. The home loss against Union Omaha in the Open Cup. Or this loss against Inter-Miami. Just considering how horrible Inter Miami is, even though it is away. That's a that's a tough poll, man. I know. So stay tuned for the poll tomorrow. That's not stupid. That's you don't need your votes now, but you know, yeah, but the hashtag has to stay intact because I've had so many stupid polls before. Fair so um, we we just talked about the New England game, and we're not talking about the Miami game. No, that I just we just talked about the Miami game. Oh, Indiana got for Miami. Yeah, clearly my my co-host watched soccer. Um, so um, you know, actually, so here are my comments on the Inter Miami game. I was saving them up. I also have a mini hot or not review. Sweet. Okay. So Let's just just I, dive into it. I was so frustrated with all of the at MNUFC, all of it, and, you know, the Supreme Court. And I decided to take um, Friday to myself, and I got way too pride-toxicated at 
going to the RFC mat, and then I put all the way until yesterday, at Monday at 10 a.m. Central Time. <laughs> it was good to have some time to focus on myself and my needs because That's certainly no one else. That's probably a much better idea than what any of us else did during the weekend. So it was fantastic. Hopefully, I just reined it in enough to be able to make it to Pride Prom this coming weekend. I, so anyway, here's my mini hot or not. I also was so just fucking nauseated about ESPN Plus that I didn't even try to look and see if that was Inner Miami game was going to be there or not because it's just a big fat lie either way and um things i expected things to go well pretty much as they i i now hear from my co-host they went was if it was if it had a better result i would have heard about it by now because unfortunately i still had my twit banner notifications on i've been seeing some scuttlebutt but nothing you know like holy hannah we won um, and so not is still ESPN, whereas hot silver linings, Heath out in T minus two years, not T minus three years. Just keep, just keep that in mind. It's still good news. I don't care. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Jess, I, I really want you to have uh, hot or not for your Aurora experience, by the way. So, uh, oh, get to work on that. Get to work okay. on that. So. Thank you. All right. Um, well, let's let's move on from uh, this uh, shit stain of a, of a soccer match. Um, to, uh, yeah, to uh, our, I don't know, our big question, MJ threw this in the documents. Will Minnesota United make the playoffs? No. I mean, I think we'll be done with that question right there. Cool. I mean, do you, yeah, do I don't any think you guys think? It. Yeah, they have to. They would have to leapfrog at least three teams right now. Um, and of all the teams that are playing in the Western Conference, I mean, if if they beat the Galaxy on Wednesday in LA, you can maybe make an argument that there's a, a possibility because LA Galaxy is one of the teams that have to leapfrog. But the Galaxy have been playing pretty well recently, so I just I don't see any. Feel like. Things are flipping. This is the po- this is the mid-season flip where everybody who does is doing well starts fucking it up, and everybody who is floundering starts coming back. Yeah, I'm not sure we're coming back this year, kids. <laughs> yeah, MJ, you threw this out there. Any any other thoughts on that, or just basically yes or no question? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, all right, well, let's let's move on. Um, Minnesota United FC two. They played a match this weekend. They lose uh, down in North Texas four to nothing. Um, absolutely clobbered. MJ, do you have any? You threw this in the document. I, I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't watch the game at all or, or see any of the scores or anything like that. So, 
Uh, we lost four to nothing. I didn't watch the game. I just wanted to go on a mini rant on how when they lost against North Texas to start the year, I wasn't too worried because I considered this to be a sign of the, the academy gap. You know, Dallas knows how to run one. We don't. And so when they show that they can get youth and take that youth and make them successful in FC Dallas or for North Texas for the U S men's national team, sell them to Europe. Um, Minnesota United has not shown this ability. And what worries me is not that they, there's this gap because pretty much everyone else in MLS doesn't run Academy as well as Dallas. It's more, what steps are they taking to get closer to the Dallas model or to try to mitigate that we don't have uh, an Academy like that. Um, this Minnesota United FC two team has done really well. Some of that has been due to young talent, young Minnesota talent, like, like the Leatherman brothers, but uh, a lot of it also has to do with, you know, our senior team players playing down. So we need to look at how we want to use the two team. Is it going to be just mostly senior players building confidence? And if that's what we do, and that's the best way to use it, great. But if we're going to take this a little more seriously and, and start trying to build from the ground up and try to identify youth uh, in the upper Midwest and around the world to come play for us. Um, uh, there's a long way to go. <clears throat> Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, we should get, I think we should get like Christian Fitchett or somebody back on to talk a little bit about the Academy and that, the probably years of, uh, a fuck up that they did to that when they disbanded the original academy and did move to this different model, which seems to be working for them so far, um, but really was uh, not a great idea generally. So, uh, all right. So, other United news. Uh, big the big news that came out. Uh, it's been rumored for quite some time. I I've saw rumors about this like about a month and a half ago. Um, Brian Korstad, uh, I, I am soccer news on uh, Twitter. He kind of put it out there into the world and everybody kind of picked up on it. Um, Heath, Adrian Heath has, and just alluded to it earlier, uh, signed an extension for two more years. Uh, so we have two more years of Adrian Heath. Uh, he will be managing Minnesota United until 2024. Uh, the things, so I, we, have, we don't know the terms of the deal. Um, from the reporting that's come out from Andy Greeter and a couple other places is that they were holding off on announcing it until, uh, according to the team, until they had signed the all the assistant coaches to the same term. But my guess is that they were waiting to announce this until after the team had won a couple of games in a row and then were kind of forced to uh, put this uh, news out there because credible people in the uh, in the soccer world in Minnesota were reporting um, and had talked to people who knew about the extension and so they kind of were their hand was forced like they either wanted to wait till after the team had won like two or three games in a row uh, or maybe after the all-star game or after the Everton game that he had signed the extension 
but uh, Minnesota United's hand was forced because uh, loose links, loose, uh, loose lips sink ships, apparently. So um, that's, that's, I don't know that for sure. That is my interpretation of how things kind of escalated really quickly from rumors to uh, it being confirmed in about 48 hours. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, I mean, obviously you, I think you all know where I stand on Heath and, uh, and this shitty ass fucking extension. Um, the, I think a, a not insignificant number of the fan base has turned on the dude. And I'm seeing that on Twitter of people that I have no, I have no idea who the fuck they are, but like having Heath out in their fucking bios or in their Twitter handles. And I'm just like, where the fuck have you guys been for the last seven fucking years? But better late than never, I guess, right? I really am baffled by this decision. And yet I am not because I bet Minnesota United is thinking, well, if we give them, if we give Heath another three-year plan, if it's another three years, then the fan base will really go bonkers. What could we do to mitigate that, but still like want to keep, are paying our mediocre coach and not have to look for not i mean just not want to have to dedicate any sort of scouting resources any personnel on a hiring committee to actually look for a new coach because that sounds like a lot of well let's give him a two-year plan so yeah so the point the whole point i I think i forgot to mention is that um he apparently had agreed to his deal with with dr mcguire before the season even started so a two-year extension before the season even started. So like nothing to do with the season. So that leads me to believe, um, and I'm just, I'm totally speculating here. So do not take this as any sort of like rumors or anything like that. And I've not talked to anybody, but um, I mean, they have, they have to make a change. If they don't make the playoffs, they have to make a change in the front office after the season. That means that, Bill McGuire has put his eggs in the basket of Adrian Heath, which would mean that he's going to have to fire Manny Lagos. And, and Manny is not even, like, shouldn't even be the fall guy for, for this abject uh, failure of a season. Um, it should be Adrian Heath or Mark Watson. But my guess is that Lagos is going to be the fall guy uh, if they fail to make the playoffs. Now, Bill is a crazy bird, and he may just, he may not, he may just keep Manny on and just keep running it back again and again and again, because why the fuck not? But it seems like there's, there needs to be a fall guy for uh, this team finishing outside. If they, if they finish outside the playoffs, um, even if they, even if they finish inside the playoffs, but they lose their first playoff game, like there needs to be a fall guy as far as I'm concerned. Um, But, you know, again, I'm not Dr. Dr. McGuire, so I have no fucking idea. I do think that part of the timing of the release, I mean, is true that they Keith did want to have his assistance extended with him. And so I buy that as a reason. Now, to David's conjecture, and I think it has some validity or maybe not validity, but I think it's a fair question to ask is, is that the only reason? Or is that the primary reason why? they release this information now. And we're in a, a media cycle where when 
financial transactions or legal documents are signed, investigative journalists or soccer journalists can hone in on that and announce things before the club announces things. This was explained to me by D. Wade, I believe, last year regarding some uh, transfers of players that I was, I was the all, always the other people releasing it before uh, the club. And so it wouldn't surprise me that this wasn't just rumor, but like well documented that he had this extension. For, uh, and David, you can maybe describe what uh, Brian Corstead wrote in more detail if you want. But the, it's, a, it's a two-year extension. And here's the thing about Minnesota United fans. You don't matter. Like that's the message that I get is that fans and it don't matter. And maybe more important results don't matter. Yeah. Um, I would say that, yeah, this team has accepted mediocrity as like as the, the, the benchmark. White fucking fat dude it is of patriarchy in the front office. Uh, I'm sure we'll have much more to say about Keith and, and everything, especially considering he's going down a, a uh, uh, losing streak. So I hope well, he goes back himself into treatment somewhere. Um, so we, I don't want to spend too much time on this because let's keep this short. Um, but let's talk about some MLS All-Star Game stuff. Um, the uh, Liga Mekis, uh announced the first 14 members of their All-Star roster. There's also voting that is going on for the MLS All-Stars right now. Uh, Adrian Heath gets to have a couple, I think he gets like 10 picks for uh, MLS uh, roster members. He's coaching the MLS All-Star team, by the way, thus we forget. Um, And then uh, we did not mention this last week, but Washington, D.C. and and Baltimore missed out on the World Cup. However, uh, Audi Field is getting the 2023 MLS All-Star game as a consolation prize. Uh, is there any other MLS All-Star game stuff that we should talk about? It's coming up in, uh, I believe, the second week of August, the second, first full week of August. Um, there's an All-Star game competition, I think the Tuesday before. The All-Star game is on a Wednesday uh, at uh, Allianz Field. Should be fun. I'm not sure. I think I might go to the um, skills competition. I don't think I'm actually going to go to the All-Star game, but could be fun. So. Maybe we should try and get credentialed for that. We should. MJ, work on that. Uh, okay. Um, the On the first 14 mem- members from Liga Amakis, these were basically automatic bids because these 14 players were nominated for the Ballon de Oro for Liga Amakis. And for those that aren't familiar with the French press, Lunda Or is supposed to be like the best soccer player in the world. But like, I really like that Liga MX has a Balloon de Oro and they go through every position. You get a Balloon de Oro, not just for the best striker or the best goal scorer, that they, they have these nominations and they're for the best, the Balloon de Oro for center back or for a midfielder or winger or striker so and goalkeeper so uh that's how these 14 players kind of provide the, the basis of, of that first squad um i think it's really cool uh the one uh the the one that really comes out at me is of course the the non-mexican the frenchman uh andre pierre uh, guignac 
Uh, oh, Geniac? Oh, yeah, that dude fucking, yeah, yeah. that dude's awesome. Uh, he plays for T-Grace. And so, yeah, he's a shoe-in at, at, uh, at that forward position. So, um, along yeah, with- Yeah, Geniac uh, is awesome. Yeah, Geniac is awesome. Yeah. So, he, he, he just sticks out like a sore thumb. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think the uh, voting for the, uh, for, like, the, the starters and I think this weekend, if, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Friday. And then, um, then there'll be a bunch of announcements uh, later uh, in the month of July about who the rest of the players will be. I would imagine Dane St. Clair will be on this team either as a starter or as a backup. And I would imagine he probably picks at least one other loon um, to be a part of the team, probably Reynoso. Maybe Voxel, but we'll see how how, you know, how things shake out. So go ahead, MJ. I was just going to ask on that: like, are there any loons in the running? Considering our uh, deplorable form, are there any loons that like? I mean, DSC should start. Favorites. Uh, DSC, should, DSC should start. Uh, I could definitely see Reynoso getting a you know a um, either the Don Garber intervention picks or uh, Adrian Heath. Heath intervention pick because Adrian he think gets like 10 picks and then Garber gets like two or four two or three or four I can't remember what the exact number is so That's I would imagine lot. there'll be at least there'll be at least two loons playing in the all-star game at some points so yeah, that's a lot of picks for Garber. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I'm not. I think it's two. He doesn't know anything about soccer. I'm more saying I, that why does he get to pick? I think it's two. I think it's because you know, whatever. I don't. MJ, do you, do you want me to spend 25 minutes talking about this? I don't want to spend 25 minutes talking. In about what this. other league does for an All Star game does the the person who runs the league get get to make picks? All Star games are inherently stupid and should not exist. So no. there you go. <laughs> like, okay. Let's just have a big ball. Yeah. Just a big cuddle party. Um, a naked cuddle party with all these attractive men in the middle of the field. No. All right. Uh, other United news. Uh, Adrian Unu is apparently out of Minnesota United. Um, uh, apparently there's been a, a league, uh, league own team that has uh, is interested in him. So he is leaving the team. Frees, frees up a DP spot and some much needed money. He was the most expensive player. Yeah. Uh, on Minnesota United's roster. So that theoretically clears up some space for Minnesota to make a move in the summer transfer window. Um, any thoughts on the uh, history that was Adrian M. Unu in uh, Minnesota United for 18 months, basically? Um. We all know Adrian. Adrian Onu is uh, is is out, but I'm just saying there's a Adrian H that probably a bunch of people would rather have out. Well, I just want to know, kind of like approximately, how much we have spent on keeping our Adrian that we can't fucking seem to rid ourselves of. I would rather continue to pay Unu and then just put him in Heath's spot. He can do both jobs. He can get both salaries for all I care. Yeah, well, we've uh, seen uh, Adrian Zendejas come and go. We have now seen an Adrian Unu come and go. How many more Adrian-related names will will come and go? But he yeah. Cal Cal Williams on a recent broadcast um, 
suggested that Minnesota was looking at uh, number nine, number nines and strikers uh, as a uh, midseason pickup uh, in the summer transfer window. So, you know, the striker whisperer strikes again, um, as it were. So, uh, all right. Finally, in uh, somewhat related United news, uh, the Wonderwall election happened um, uh, last week. Uh, Andrew Beck, uh, Mel, and myself all won. We were the only three people running for election, and there was three seats open. So we all three won our seats on the Wonderwall board. So I get, I'm going to be on the Wonderwall board. So there are certain things I can can I be on the prom planning committee, please? Please, 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 please. 100%. 100%. Oh my God, you guys, I have the best idea. Oh my God, I've been playing this playlist, like, like, practice. Yeah, both perfecting it since like January. I will say I've already I've already been in trouble with the, the board because um, there was a uh, I don't know if you follow my personal Twitter at Texas Seller um, an asshole was uh, coming after me and the Wonderwall board for stuff and so I told him to fuck off and um, I got reprimanded by the board before I even had a meeting with the board so as as I want to do so um, I'm gonna not. Tell Somebody's people to fuck off it. anymore. Um, at least not uh, vis-a-vis my uh, public Twitter account. So, um, he's anyways. not afraid of controversy, folks. Just in the right realm. Yep. Um, no, it's, it's exciting. The the Wonderwall board is. Uh, I think most people don't know what it does, and that's. I still I mean, don't. Unfortunately by design of the board. Um, I disagree that it should be that way. I think we, there needs to be more transparency. So my part of my whole plan is to build more transparency to make us more- um, Inclusive. Less beholden to the team. Yes, more inclusive, uh, less beholden to the team and the money the team gives us uh, and to really establish more independence. So that's, those are kind of my, those are my platforms where I ran for the board. Cause we're so not, we're not gonna, gonna be held in. down by the front office. Oh no, yeah. oh no, we will not. Yep. All right. But, uh, take the money and give it to the supporters and then support the supporters, right? Yes. You wanna support the give, supporters. Take, steal from the rich, give to the poor. That's my, that's my motto, so. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Is we'll your last back. name Lude? It's, uh, I mean, might be. Uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back. Uh, once a loot, we have a, we have a, a, a Minnesota United Legends coming up in Once a Loon. Minneapolis City, Aurora just has some hot or not with Aurora. And then uh, we talked about uh, very briefly about the games that are coming up uh, for Minnesota United this week. So we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all all right and we are back with our one saloon uh this one's a fun one MJ tell us who's still playing soccer in Minnesota well one saloon Pablo Campos is someone I ran into last night what Took a selfie with him. You can check no. Um, if you if you are not following me on my Instagram or my Twitter, um, I did I did post this both places, kind of sneakily, like I I kind of snuck it in 
on my Twitter on on a reply about Minneapolis City. And uh, oh my god, he looks exactly the same. Yeah, handsome fucking dude. Anyway, uh, Pablo Campos. It was so nice to to see him play last night. He's still Pablo Campos. He's tall. He's lanky. He's wearing number nine. He's like thundering down the field trying to score. Um, what was hilarious was like anytime he would get into a mix-up with a 50-50 ball, would, like very predictably do kind of this Brazilian jiu-jitsu move that like caused the other guy to go down, him to go down too, but make make it look worse for him. And so then he would get the whistle. Um, even though there was one time where it was just like, he did a, a spinning leg sweep, missed the ball, took out the Minneapolis City guy, and yet the whistle goes in favor of free kick for Vlora. So I don't know what they're paying the hometown refs down in Burnsville, but, you know, it was just really cool to see him still on the pitch playing for UPSL. They were undefeated for my final game. Um, he had scored some goals. So uh, it's nice to see Pablo Campos still playing. Um, and also, Pablo, I know you're not listening, but thanks for the selfie. No, it's just, it's just great that he's still playing soccer. I, I I knew he was still living in Minnesota, but it's just even great to see that he's still kicking around there. Um, let's no talk idea. about let's talk about that uh, that UPSL team, Minneapolis City Futures. Um, they played. So they, they finished second to Vlora in the in the uh, overall standings um, so, for the regular season. Eighth, but they both both teams did not lose. They they drew with each other, right? Yep. Vlora was eight wins, two draws, and Minneapolis City Futures were seven wins and three draws. So Vlora gets the narrow edge on Minneapolis City going into the playoffs. Um, in the semifinals, Vlora beat. Uh, Dakota Young Stars that just had a huge improving year for the Sioux Falls South Dakota team in the semifinals. While Minnesota, uh, sorry, Minneapolis City Futures, they beat FC Minneapolis that really plays in Osseo on Minneapolis uh, in in penalty kicks because it was a 2-2 draw. And then they won on penalty kicks, six rounds of penalty kicks. It took six rounds. And uh, Evan uh, Sifkin makes an amazing save, uh, penalty kick save, to give Minneapolis City the semifinal win. So flash forward now to Monday, last night, Vlora versus Minneapolis City, 0-0 through the whole game. And, and, and in the 80-something minute and in the 90-something minute of stoppage time, uh, Ramsey uh, Oro Okondo had uh, two great chances for Minneapolis City to put them ahead, but uh, a header and a footer both sail over the bar. So 0-0 uh, at the end of regulation, 0-0 at the end of extra time, and then penalty kicks again. And again, again, Evan Sifkin, goalkeeper extraordinaire, makes a key penalty kick save and Minneapolis City scores all five of theirs. No sense that uh, Laura needs to take another one. Five, three on penalties. City advance again. They are headed to the UPSL national playoffs in the round of 32 versus Chicago Nation FC, uh, most likely July 2nd. It might be July 3rd. 
Yeah, I think it's July 2nd. That game will be out at the Nessie, I believe. Um, I was reading the email from earlier today. So this is our second year in a row in the UPSL National um, Tournament. So good on Minneapolis City Futures. Uh, the Minneapolis City MPSL side played two games this week. Uh, they beat the Sioux Falls Thunder in, at Adorn Nelson Field 3-2. And then went to Joy Athletic and beat them 2-1. Moving to third place, uh, if I'm not mistaken, correct, MJ? Correct. And yeah, fine. Duluth and Med in Med City. Med City and Duluth are well ahead of, of Minneapolis City. Um, they're kind of running away with, with the league, but uh, Minneapolis City getting some wins is, is always really great. Huge improvement for the NPSL side over the season, just adapting to not having their best players because they're playing in USL League Two and adapting to a new coach, right? Uh, they got uh, Marco Campoverde in from the Dakota Fu Fusion women's team. And so he's their head coach this year. And, you know, a, a lot of learning all around, but good to see some improvement and them climbing up the table a bit. And on the USLE2 side, we uh, we invite the Canadians down to uh, to Minneapolis this weekend, uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, tomorrow actually. If you listen to this podcast today, probably if you listen to the podcast. Minneapolis City versus FC Manitoba, and I believe on Saturday um, we're playing uh, the other the other team. Is that correct? Am I making that up? I apologize if I forgot to put this in the end. Uh, pretty sure we're playing both Canadian teams this weekend, but I could be I could be mistaken. So um, either way, Manitoba, uh, which is based in Winnipeg, on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I don't have that. We play another team. You know what? You're right. Just just the just the one Canadian team. So. Um, Show them what fucking America looks like on uh, on Wednesday, 7 p.m. This is the first international opponent to come to Minnesota to play Minneapolis City. So get out there on Wednesday because why would you want to watch whatever Minnesota that is doing? Um, I mean, you can well, you can both you can go to both this game and then Minnesota United, uh, right. which is at 9:30, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, all right, let's move on. Minnesota Aurora. So let's talk about a good team, um, a team that's winning has not lost ever in their existence. Uh, Minnesota Aurora. Yeah. Friday, Aurora three, Chicago Dutch Lions one. Um, this was so Jess came down on the bus with me and. Uh, and Anna, and we actually took a picture. I should actually post that picture of us. I did, I forgot to do that. You, so sorry. You need, you need to post that. Yeah. Anyways, um, Aurora three, Chicago Dutch Lions one. The this was a uh, attendance record, six thousand and sixteen people in attendance, which would have been I think what the third or fourth best NWSL attendance in the in the league, um, if they were in the NWSL. Um, but yeah, MJ, tell us a little bit about the goals because there were some really amazing goals. And then we have uh, a very extended Jess is Hot or Not review of Aurora FC. First of all, they decided to release 1,000 more tickets basically for seats they don't have for people to just be more on the lawn or standing around. And they sold them. They sold those extra 1,000. Record 6,016 people uh, were in attendance. So good on uh, Minnesota Aurora for releasing those extra tickets and just showing that 
this community supports women's soccer. Um, oh, let me let me stop you right there. Um, I'm just gonna say. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think the that stadium could do up to ten thousand people. Um, it's just it's gonna be it, it'll be packed. So they 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 kept the number down. They depressed the number a little bit, just mostly because they wanted to make sure people were comfortable and could get around and could get to concessions and stuff. Oh, um, so there's definitely more capacity for future years and potentially playoffs if uh, if they do that. So FYI, I think I'm not sure what the actual number of capacity is, but I know it's it's well below what they've been. It's well below oh, the six thousand. Okay. I just assumed it was kind of around. 6,000, but if it's 10,000, yeah. that's uh, goals. Uh, Mackenzie Langdock sent in a cross, and uh, Mariah Nguyen had this flying ninja kick. It's great because ninja is her nickname, and it looked like a fucking ninja kick. And then uh, later in the game, uh, off a corner kick, uh, Jill Bennett gets it on the weak side and is able to pass middle to Cat Rap, Catherine Rap scores and finally uh ariana del moro gets her saint cloud states uh ariana del moro will uh gets a header and gets her first goal of the season all right and now we have a a much more extended just as hot or not review aurora fc remix aurora fc remix by DJ Jazzy J. But actually, in reality, I'm not that hot because I couldn't come up with rhyming couplets as quickly as one that knows my affinity for the English language might, I would hope, to expect to expect of me. Uh, and, in, and in any case, um, not really a DJ material, apparently. Oh, super hot. Super, super hot. Aurora FC's big, huge, fat, big screen jumbotron acknowledgement that the overturning of Roe v. Wade is wrong. I don't know if they would go so far as to say wrong in that particular specific word, but I felt like they were with me. And I needed that on Friday. And I also wanted to acknowledge this super nice gentleman who was in the supporter section and tapped my shoulder and asked me if I wanted to, um, to wear a green bandana. He was just handing them out because apparently green is the reproductive rights awareness color. Uh, I hope that's, I, I didn't know if it had a color, but it, I wanna wear all those colors. And I just really appreciated um, his uh, invitation for additional solidarity. Um, Okay, so not hot, but not entirely unexpected. I can't help it guys. I just have to, this is also kind of therapeutic. So I just have to say it like, okay, front office, MNUFC, complete and utter silence. Jumbotron, nothing. Jumbotron, nothing. So, saying it. Simmering hot, our bus dad and bus driver of the Aurora FC route to the stars. Uh, I actually filmed, well, filmed without permission, 
um, the entire prep talk and cheer practice on the route to the game um, in hopes that I could uh, use that as maybe bonus Patreon content because apparently I'm the only one that does that sort of thing. And so not the hottest, but A for effort. I feel like the chant, the second chant we practiced on the bus was a ripoff of Mississippi. Like everywhere a fourth grader in a spelling bee is going, what the fuck, Minnesota? Because we spell M to the I to the N to the N to the E to the S. And I appreciate one round of practice, but that's a lot of air to waste on a 20 minute bus ride. But I knew it when the time was right. Screaming hot, the screaming kids that were so excited and kept me company in the spin the wheel, get a prize booth line. They explained to me how the whole thing worked, what the prize options was. And, and especially if you got your choice, you got to pick a prize and get a pen. And I made a deal, but he ended up getting the pen he wanted and I ended up getting the magnet I wanted and a pen. So it all worked out. Uh, which is just a one tiny illustration of my overall high for the day, which was volcanic magma lava flow Celsius temperatures. And that's remembering how much fun soccer and being new to soccer and being new to a supporters group really is and how important that part is to me. Very cool, yeah. Um... It was fun to have you in the section. Um, kind of, except time. I realized afterwards you guys sat right in front of me. I feel like I owe everyone a hearing aid and an apology. <laughs> uh, I won't no, it's do it okay. again. No, it's okay. It's 100% okay. MJ, go ahead. For you guys that were in the supporter section, what did you have a favorite chant? Either of you that came up that particular I actually heard a couple, one on the broadcast and then one that was relayed to me. So, um, but I want you guys to go first because you were actually there. You first. Um, I, don't, I don't know what my favorite chant is. Um, probably, uh, we're blue, we're green, we're somewhere in between, we're teal. We're teal. <laughs> I mean, that one's great. Uh, there's like, there's like a, a, a talking heads one that's actually really good. Uh, there's, it's the, the nice thing about MJ, and you will be well aware of this from the NSC days, is that it's uh, the supporter section allows for create like a lot more creativity. Not say not to say that the Wonder Wall isn't creative, but like um, Andy Khan, uh, who uh, Dark Cloud does a lot of the communication stuff with the Dark Clouds, came up with a Dutch Lions. Um, yes, that uh, was so good. Chant that was basically like Lions aren't Dutch. Uh, Lions aren't yeah. Dutch. The Lions yeah. aren't. Uh, yeah, so, You've so got like wood and that doesn't windmills and wood and shoes wood and lions, lions aren't Dutch. Are Dutch. Yeah, so that that doesn't happen in the Wonderwall anymore, um, unfortunately, and it, it it really can't because there's so It'd many. It'd be people, hard to cover but, that much ground. But um, but yeah, you get a, a guy who's got a boisterous voice like that, and I've and I've you know I've started some chance myself in the previous games. Last couple of games, I was, I was a little more chilled out about it, but like you know, you can just you can just yell shit and 
Um, and then the other thing with, with the Chicago Dutch Lions too is that we were heckling the keeper, and uh, the keeper waved at us because she could hear us like <laughs> chanting at her, and that was fucking brilliant. Like that's that's what soccer is really all about. Honestly, it's like being funny, kind of dumb, but like and beating witty. the motherfucking New York Cosmos. And and the, like and yeah and then um, yeah. And uh, but also like taking the piss out of uh, out of the, the the goalkeeper so that they can hear you or that like I mean, that's why I love Minneapolis City matches because you can just like yell at a, a right back for an entire or left back for an entire game. Yeah, and they get my get, hair reviews get, in real time, people. Get under get under his skin or get under their skin. So um, or yeah, hair. I don't know. J- Jess, did you have a specific cheer that you really appreciated that um, I didn't mention? Yeah, Keska say Psycho Killer. And that's that's the song. Yeah, yeah, Psycho Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get enough of that in my life. Yeah, Sarah Fuller makes a save. Yeah, that one. MJ, what was your favorite one? Well, the one that I heard when I was rewatching the game for my write-up was that I thought was really hilarious because Christelle Yewa. We only picture in this little so for dental school. And so because this is known, someone came up with our striker boss is daily. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. That, so when she came on, um, yeah, there was that our striker boss is daily. Uh, the there's a gingivitis tant chant yeah. and then there was the like gingivitis chant. yeah you smell like gingivitis um and then t t t t that one too so which i didn't understand the context around until i turned to my neighbor and abruptly asked but i found it like really extra creepy like as a like intimidating something to chant at someone out of the blue like t t See, I mean, it just sounds like fucking extraction. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, moving on to the Sunday game. Aurora That's why Four St. In, just for that. Yep. Uh, Aurora Four St. Louis Lions won. Uh, there were four goals. Obviously, a great game. Um, uh, Turner gets a PK. Mar- Morgan Stone gets a PK. Uh, uh, win with a left foot, and then. Uh, Morgan Stone with an absolute banger from 30 yards out, which makes ESPN's uh, top 10 plays of the of the of the nights as I think number nine, right, MJ? Top 10, number nine. Yeah, uh, absolute banger of a goal from Morgan Stone that puts Minnesota five points or eight points, I think, clear of uh, Green Bay at the at the time. Um, Green Bay won yesterday, so they're they're now five points clear. Basically, Minnesota needs, I think, two points in their next three games to uh, win, basically win the Heartland Division and qualify for the playoffs. Um, their next game is – sorry, Andrew, did you have any you, – you watched this game. Did you, any, any thoughts on the on the goals or anything from this game? Sorry, I forgot to – Well, so my main thing is that St. Louis Lions haven't won a game. And so we just right, had their goal differential is like negative 25 too. It was bad. Just we had just played a game on Friday. We're playing the worst team, and we completely well not completely, 
cycled a lot of players out and to the point where they were not even in the game day roster. Uh, what was cool is that they were there. They were wearing a different colored pinafore than the subs. They got on as like assistants or however under the USL WE bylaws players that aren't in, on game day and, and on the field. But they were all there supporting their, fe their fellow teammates. But yeah, I got a break. Uh, got a break. Uh, Captain Jang Doc got a break. But they were all there cheering them on, and the subs did just fine. They played really well. Uh, and I also was impressed with St. Louis in the sense of if you had watched them at all, at all throughout the season, not just when Minnesota Aurora's played them, they weren't good. And they came out with a defensive plan that seemed to kind of take away space or take away certain passes from Minnesota Aurora. And then they were able to rest the ball forward, but just then not be able to deal with our speed and talent. Um, so I, I don't know. It was fun to watch because apart from the score line, as far as like the play on the pitch, it was closer than I was expecting. Minnesota Aurora still dominated. They still acted like the, the team in first place. And the St. Louis Lions still acted like the team in last place. But I was happy with the gameplay overall. Indeed. <clears throat> um, so next match is coming up this Thursday uh, against the Chicago Dutch Lions. Uh, at 7 p.m. I believe there will be a watch party probably at the Blackheart. Um been told me. Yeah, uh, apparently the Chicago Dutch Lions do not really have a great setup for uh, streaming the matches, so there might be an illegal stream. <laughs> um, so, sorry, go ahead, MJ. I talked with uh, Taylor Kane's dad, Jim Kane, who was the brave soul that uh, gave us a feed when they were down, actually down in St. Louis, and no one was providing a feed. me that he was going to be at, at Chicago Dutch Lions and, and a on Okay, so there will be there will be a, 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 more or less an illegal stream, which would be fun if you want to come to the Blackheart and watch the game. I'm guessing Wes will have it on here. So, and then um, the other big uh, note: USLW uh, the playoff dates were released uh, Wednesday, July 13th, quarterfinals. Uh, Sunday, July 17th, semifinals, and then Saturday, July 23rd. And Minnesota Aurora has put in a bid to host. Um, from things I've heard is that they're probably likely to host. So there's potentially three more games for Minnesota Aurora uh, out at TCO Stadium out in Egan. So um, very cool it's for them. It's the bus. It's the yeah. best. There's a bus. It's, it's the best. So anything else on Aurora, MJ? Or just? That is all. The national playoffs for USLW uh, will consist of only one team from every division. And so whether it's Green Bay or Minnesota, one of us is going to the national playoffs. It can't be both. And I think there's well, I think there's I think there's some divisions that have wild cards. But we okay. but the Heartland division does not have a wild card. It's just it's just the winner. And in the 11s division, I think is most likely who will play. I could be wrong. 
but if, if they keep things kind of regional in the West, 11, I believe, is the, the other team that's undefeated right now, narrowingly edging out the racing St. Louis. So, there you go. I'm, I'm, um, I'm looking at that being possibly a first-round first match. Yeah. And all of the dates uh, for the playoffs work for uh, TCO in terms of, like, not having um, – Vikings commitments or something, so it's pretty good. So, all right, let's move on. Let's talk very briefly about the upcoming games for Minnesota United. Uh, Wednesday, today, if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to be at the LA Galaxy. Um, what do we got for the LA Galaxy? I mean, obviously, Chicharito is a uh, uh, a major presence there. Anybody else, MJ or Jess, that you're you're looking at for? Well, I'll be keeping an eye over my shoulder or both of them for that Pichurito fan that shushed me. Right. I forgot about that. So um, maybe I'll have to sell these t- tickets. <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, although I will keep an eye out. Should we play? Not how should we play them. Should we play them? Um, I mean, the other, I guess the other, uh, the Galaxy roster is weird because they're like, they should have a much better team than they do. Um, but Samuel, they, they Samuel Ranser, or how we pronounce his name, is good. Left yeah, winger. I mean, I mean, uh, sorry, they have. Kevin Cabral, um, Mexican international player, uh, forward, very good. Um, Julian Araujo, uh, who is, I think, technically a Mexican international right now. Yeah, Julian um, Araujo is is good. Raheem uh, Edwards, uh, our, our my, my best bud, Raheem Edwards, uh, who told mm-hmm. Adrian Heath the fuck off. Uh, Chase now, Gasper. I wonder if Chase. Yeah, Chase Gasper, forward. Yeah, I mean, he's not. I don't think he's getting many starts for uh, for LA Galaxy. Um, Sasha, question. Ed, Ed, Edwards uh, has converted from left wing to left back for them, and he's playing really well there. Yeah. So unless this um, is going to find a new position, uh, sadly, both once loons cannot be on the on the field at the same time. Uh, but yeah, Arahu's the their their right fullback, so they're good. They're speedy, good on the fullbacks. So, um, fun fact, Lude, Lude, and Chicharito both have six goals so far this season. I would have assumed Chicharito had far more, but no, no, the facts on the interwebs. He has not scored a ton of goals. So, um, so we're on the road. Minnesota typically tends to, um, bunker on the road. What do you guys see for Minnesota's um, their setup for this match on the road against the LA Galaxy midweek? Well, I think Brad cleared his yellow card accumulation. Uh, he, he is clear to that, so he can start. Yep. So Wolfram can start, which, I mean, if you want a bunker, maybe not the best uh, personal, but. I like my uh, bikers. I like them. Why not? Uh, 
Gonzalez, I don't think he'll start. They'll start Ja'Cory Hayes. They'll start somebody else. I would hate to pull out that five. Get a four, two, three, one, and see what the fuck happens. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, yeah, that three, five, two, or five, three, two would would be probably disastrous against this team. Um, we've clearly shown that we can run with LA Galaxy, so I kind of want to take it to them. So, Jess, any other any other thoughts? would love to see us invigorate, come alive with a little maybe more opposition and format. I don't know. Just try something else. Can't believe me. I don't care. Like, wear your old underwear. Whatever it takes. Try something else. Do that. Alright, so who wins? Jess, we'll start with you. Nada. Gracias. No, I said 2-1. 2-1 yeah. Galaxy? Okay. MJ, what do you got? 2-1 uh, Galaxy as well? Oh, no, Gal- Galaxy win 3-1. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to go... Because you guys are pessimists, I'm going to go a 1-1 one, one draw. So, there we go. All right. And then uh, we have another game on Sunday, July 3rd, versus uh, Real Salt Lake, the fake Salt Lake. Um, this is a team that's actually in second place in the, in the Western Conference right now. Uh, they are really good. Very good. Um, they have a, a goalkeeper who uh, once kicked a ball into the uh, <laughs> David Ochoa uh, kicked a ball into the uh, Wonderwall. Um, we'll see if he'll do that again as a uh, goalkeeper this time. Um, Bobby Wood just got hurt, so he's out for I think four to five weeks. So he's been scoring goals for for RSL. Um, they're just a, a really weird team that has a lot of interesting pieces that I don't know when I look at their roster they don't seem to make a ton of sense together like Demir Krylak um, and like Sergio Cordova but like they they work um, they have Nick Beasler uh, as a midfielder it's, it's, it's a weird they're doing really, really well in MLS. So, anybody, uh, anybody on this? Okay. Uh, Justin Miram. Oh, fuck. Justin Miram. Yeah. The midfielder. He can play with anybody. He'll he'll fit in with anybody. You know. Uh, and then uh, Rubio Rubin, another one too. That yeah. Also, uh, Zach McMath, who I once at uh, I believe TCF when he was. Not with RSL, but I believe he was with the Colorado Rapids, the Crapids. I yelled at him, why does his name sound like something I would buy on the App Store? Um, but, uh, I mean, it just sounds like an Apple product. Uh, Zach McMahon. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, 
has he been starting most of the games in net for them? No, Ochoa's been. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, the big athlete's not been uh, – he's not been starting. But Well, he started the last two games. The, the win against San Jose and then a draw against Columbus. So. Oh, well, Ochoa's probably with the, the Mexican national team. That's probably why. So, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, RSL is sitting in second place right now on 29 points. Um, yeah. 1.71 points per game. Yeah, they uh, – They've only scored 20 goals. They've only given up 19. Um, so they're like, they don't score a ton of goals. They also don't concede a ton of goals. Just kind of their their whole thing. Um, so yeah, I guess, I don't know. This is this is a game at Allianz Field um, on Sunday, July 3rd at 7 p.m. So the home game moved from July 2nd, from that Saturday to the Sunday. Um, how do we envision this game going for Minnesota United? Um, I think Minnesota. I mean, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. You know, based on what happens with the LA Galaxy, um, I expect, like I said, I expect us either to draw or lose. So we definitely are going to need to win this game, I think. And um, I think Minnesota's going to have to go all out to win this fucking game. And I think it's not going to be great for Minnesota because um, RSL is kind of the team that is willing to sit back, absorb pressure. And pounce on the counter. Yep. Also, I remember them feeling very frustrated. David, to your to your point on the counter, um, we don't do well when when the counter is run. Like I have seen like six players, not necessarily the six players, players back in front of Dane St. Clair. Because people are not, they don't seem to be ready. You know, someone could, a loon can turn the ball over at any time. I'm running at us. So, I'm going to say we lose, but it could be 5 nothing. All right, so what's your prediction, MJ? I just said, I, I think we, nothing, five nothing. Pick one. Oh, no, two nothing. To us or to, to RSL? Yeah, to, to RSL. Okay, okay, just making sure. Jess, what do you got? Uh... I say it's going to be something painful like for the RSL. All right. I'm going to go 3-1 Minnesota United. God, I hope you're right. Somebody needs to be an optimist on this goddamn fucking podcast. So, All right. Uh, let's wrap it up with uh, a little bit of world soccer. Um, the uh, U-20 uh, championships are happening right now. Um, I believe I think these might be down in Mexico as well. Um, and the U.S. men's national team just beat Costa Rica in the quarterfinals of the tournament, which qualifies them for the uh, U20 World Cup next year. Um, they just beat Costa Rica two to nothing. And hold on, hold on. Let's up real quick. 
and then they play the winner of uh, Panama and Honduras. If they win that game, they qualify for the 2024 Olympics, um, which is a weird, it's a new thing. Normally it's the U23s that play, but U20 is serving as a qualifier for that tournament. So anyways, um, so the men, U.S. men's, U.S. 20 men's national team just qualified for the Olympics. Or sorry, the World Cup in uh, 2023. Essentially the World Cup uh, or the Olympics in on probably Thursday. The CONCACAF W Championship is going to be happening in Mexico starting on July 4th. Uh, MJ, tell us a little bit about this tournament. Eight teams uh, in order of FIFA rank. Uh, Canada, USA, or from north to south or whatever. Canada, USA, Mexico, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Panama, Haiti, and Trinidad and Tobago. Um, in Group A, you have USA, Mexico, Jamaica, and Haiti. One day, July 4th, yeah, get out, cheer on the USA women uh, versus Haiti. And then Thursday, July 7th, 6 p.m., uh, Jamaica uh, versus uh, watch a couple different ways. I'm sure Blackheart will be shipping American Outlaws. Yeah, it will be funny. Outlaws. Then, uh, on. All right, so that yeah. uh, comes Blackheart for those games if you want. Um, yeah, again, American Outlaws will be at uh, Bunnies Northeast. Uh, which is right by the old um, Schmitz Brewery. I know, or you can watch it on CBS Sports Network and Paramount Plus. So, yeah, cool. All right. Uh, we have one question from our friend Andy Schletz. Um, and his question is In your hearts, do you feel there are any similarities to Aurora game days versus the old Thunder Stars and ASL game days? Any differences? If so, what do you feel? Um, so I think MJ, you and I are, are, are much more qualified to answer this question. So why don't you go first? So Andy, first of all, let me congratulate you on asking a question that is not shit on Sletch material. This is historic and good for the pot. Uh, this is a good question. And I would have to say that what I like about it is that you have that, what David referred to as a more creative, anyone can kind of contribute. It's easy for someone to workshop a new idea on the fly that's game relevant for chanting and cheering in the supporter section or just random silly. And, and that makes supporter groups more fun. Um, that's my bit. David? Yeah, I no, 100% agree. I think that is the, the big difference between uh, games at Allianz versus games at um, TCO or games at Vanessi is that you could just figure out something really fucking clever and just yell it. Um, I, I, just, I don't necessarily want my shit to be chanted. I just want to yell, uh, yell funny shit at people. And so that is, uh, that's what I get to do at TCO. So very much excited for that. So, um, and yeah, I wouldn't change it for the for the fucking world. Like, I would love to see uh, Aurora play at a big stadium like Allianz, but also you lose a lot of that, um, uh, you know, interesting and just sort of 
top of mind bullshit that you come up with. So, so yeah, that's a good question, Andy. Um, and also, when the fuck are you coming on the podcast with your uh, beautiful bride? Uh, please, we need some gardening advice, I think. So I definitely need some gardening advice. So succulent. All right. Uh, so please rate review the podcast wherever you get it. Uh, Patreon.com slash days I know. I'm at TDA at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Zeller at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Jess is at Jessica1440839. Niner. Niner. Two. Uh, we've been the Dave's you know. This is the Dave's I know. To try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at Son. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.